G'day listeners and welcome back to the Keeper League podcast with the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring you value in your draft Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going Kays? Not too bad Hef, how yourself? Yep, not too bad. Uh, I've just uh, gone from work about uh, a couple of hours ago, took the dog for a walk, had some dinner, jumped in the studio and uh, now I'm here talking to you. Have studios. They're luxurious. Well, I'm getting to that because uh, actually that's a really good segue as to what I wanted to talk about on the top here. Wow. So I don't know if you noticed, but the, the Draft Doctors podcast came back today. Did they? Yeah. We got a few mentions on there, a few pot shots on there, but that's uh, what you expect coming from the uh, lovable man that is uh, Steve Fizz, who I do enjoy listening to. But apparently we're the um, upper class hoity-toity um, <laughs> podcast uh, going around. Is apparently. that right? Yeah. And they were giving the state some shit for being associated with us and you know, and doing Pod Pod Plus on their website and all that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, I know we are sitting here uh, in my front living room, which doesn't even have a door on it. Uh, there's a box of nappies on the floor and uh, yeah, literally shit basically. If this but is no, hoity-toity, I'd hate to see what the draft doctor's setup looks like. Yeah, geez, they must be fucking out of a dumpster, I reckon. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, get back to your shanty, Steve. But anyway, uh, nah, nah, it's good to actually hear them back. So it's pretty funny. Another interesting thing I heard on the draft doctors podcast, and we mm. actually not, are not just talking draft doctors, uh, like the talking Breaking Bad shows, whatever they're called, talking dead, okay. um, you know, discussing another show. Mm. Uh, but. Cam challenged Steve Fizz to a, uh, a golf challenge, apparently. Yeah. So, I think they have to wait for Cam to learn how to play golf first. But I was thinking, maybe we should have some sort of podcast uh, golf. What do you podcast call it? Golf Two Man day. Ambrose, is that a thing? Two Ball Best Ball, what do you uh, call it? Yep, sure. If Cam's going to play golf for I'm happy to take them on. <laughs> I know, his handicap probably about the same as yours. Uh, Correct. Of that, but, uh, Says the guy hasn't played golf in like two years. I think I was off, I was off 19 when I last played. But mm. I think things have changed a bit. I think the handicap system's changed a bit. Might be a bit rusty. Then. I might be a bit rusty, but I do plan on getting back into it. I think Steve said he was off seventeen, so it might be a good little matchup. Ring ring ring. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we should uh, get that in the works. I'm sure the listeners would like to see some sort of uh, one day when we can travel and safely and do all that again. Maybe it'd be good to see some sort of little golf matchup there. Heck yeah. Anyway, we can put a uh, carton of Remedy Kombucha on it, maybe. Big time. So, uh, yeah, it's thanks to Remedy. Prize. Yeah, it is a good price. Like I said, we've got a shitload of it here. So, um, yeah, there's uh, quite a bit to go around. So, you know, if uh, Remedy Kombucha was, uh, was a currency, we'd be rich as. Anyway, we've got okay. the Wild Berry again. We're just going to finish off the last slab. I've actually been Delicious. chipping away at it, trying to drink a few of them. So, uh, oh, it's really big of you. Yeah, I know. You're, I've been drinking like one, your addiction again. Been drinking one a day. No, I was, I was good. Honestly, I was, listeners. I've been good. Like, I've only been drinking on my podcast nights, but now it's actually getting ridiculous with the, you know, the backlog here I've got to get through. There's a chance that, like, you know, Hef just gets a weekly shipment and I don't really know. He just he just goes through it, keeps building up. Yeah, just keep this one behind me to pretend it looks like yeah. you haven't actually drank There's it. There's nothing in those boxes. Yeah, the last <laughs> shipment, yeah. Don't, don't look in there, man. <laughs> they just like, runs down to Coles each night to get it. Yeah, I just fill them back up with water and chuck them back in there, really. Uh, but yeah, thanks to Zambrero. Sorry, mm. thanks to uh, Remedy for supplying us kombucha, but uh, thanks to Zambrero too, who are, I guess, affiliated with Remedy Kombucha in mm. a way. Um, they have them in all their restaurants, but Zambrero are helping out our listeners uh, in another way, not just by supplying them with Remedy Kombucha in their restaurants. Uh, they're giving away a burrito for you and a mate uh, each week on this podcast. So we have another winner to announce this week. And the winner is Hayden from Woodville West in SA. That's very close to where we're located. I don't, even, I don't, I don't even need to look this up, Kate. Very, very close. It's very close to you where you live. It is. Um, now, but, uh, this isn't like your mate Hayden 
Dos Kenny that you're just giving burritos to the boys out, is it? Well, no, because Hayden actually spells his name incorrectly and pronounces it incorrectly because okay. it's Hayden, like Joseph Hayden. Yes, the so composer. Yeah, yeah, so this is what- we are the Hoity Toity podcast. We do know that. Yeah. What's that? We are the Hoity Toity podcast. We know classical composers. Well, yeah, we just know history. We're educated, guys. Maybe, Ooh, does that make us Hoity Toity? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, look, so Hayden's our winner Hayden. from Woodville West. Um, mm. But yeah, so well done to Hayden. Uh I am. I'm closer to Woodville North. You're close to Woodville West. Woodville West is just near uh, towards Footy Park. Yeah. So you didn't need to stalk him on Google Maps. Nah, I could probably walk yep. there. It's all centralised around the uh, infamous Woodville Pizza Bar, which is a very fine establishment in South Australia. Um, for those who are following the COVID nineteen lockdown in South Australia last year, they're back up and running. By the way, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shaking business. Who the hell would buy a pizza? People they, from they, there they, after they that. were proven they did nothing wrong. They'll prove, then they lie and say lately. Yeah, but apart from that, but there's actually. <laughs> yeah. but apart, apart from lying, from the, apart apart from from lying to the whole state and sending us into lockdown, they did, they did nothing wrong. And there was, there's apparently a lot of really fierce, um, yeah, loyal, loyal supporters. Yeah. Oh, who would have thought? Only in South Australia, eh? Anyway, if you want to win yourself, yeah, screw the pizza bar. If you want to get a burrito. Yeah, delicious uh, burrito. Delicious burrito from Zambrero. Head to our website, uh, keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambrero. Sign up and uh, win yourself a couple of burritos. Congratulations, Hayden, from Woodward West. Okay, into the round rewind. Should be a pretty short, sharp, and shiny segment tonight, Kays. Only five matches on the weekend, so still plenty of fantasy gold to really look at and uh, some players out there uh, to help you win your Keeper League premierships this year. We'll get stuck into the Geelong versus Western Bulldogs game first up. And the first player I'm going to talk about for me is a 2G4P player, but that's Isaac Smith. But I don't know, can... Can 2G4P players, can old players get 2G4P status? Because they always seem to be relevant in the trade-offs. Um, and, you know, they're too good for the podcast, but there's going to be people out there willing to sell them or re- willing to get rid of them, or willing to drop them out there because they are getting old. So I'm not sure if he qualifies as 2G4P, but he's scoring like a 2G4P player anyway. But yeah, listed as a forward, he's a player I think you could sell to get something for him, something good for him. So, especially if you're not contending this season. So, he's going to be – he's like the top six forward. Not, I think he's averaging 91. He's probably got one year left after this year in his career, you'd think, mm. close to going. So, do you think he's like a, someone that you could sell high on right now? Yes. Now, this just happens to be, listeners, uh, Hef, who's not contending this year, happens to own Isaac Smith. So, is someone trying to bump up the uh, value of their player on the pod? Do you know what's actually funny? I wrote this last night. And, but today, I did get a trade offer for Isaac Smith. Here we but go. I did write this. Uh, yeah. I did actually write this before I even got a trade offer for him. So, uh, the guy who put the offer in um, uh, must be reading my mind. I I declined the offer, though, because I don't think it was good enough. I sent one back, but he laughed me out of the room. So, uh, yeah, I don't think anything's happening with him anyway. Rightio. Uh, but, yes, he is uh, definitely 2G4P and definitely one you should be targeting. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, he's actually kind of improved since coming across to Geelong. And the thing is, wise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to diminish his trade value here, and that's fine, because I'm more about the listeners and not my own team case, not trying to sell a trade here. That players always tend to go a little bit better in their first year at a new club. Uh, then they tend to kind of fall back into a groove afterwards, most of the time. Potentially. So that's what I think might happen with Isaac Smith. Um, but yeah, look, at the moment, and because he's not going to be listed as a forward next year as well, he's not going to be worth near as much next year as a mm. forward. If he's a, he might go back to an 85 averaging mid next year, Wing, which, yeah. yeah, it's not going to be super handy for fantasy. So yeah, cool. now it's probably time to get rid of him if you've got him. Um, next on have players, Mark, Hef's trying to sell. No, I've got no other Geelong players. Uh, 
Actually, yes, I do, but I'm not trying to sell him. Uh, Mark Blitzarves, 90 points. Uh, since taking over his number one ruck in about round eight, I think it was, uh, he's averaged 91 since then. So because he's a defender mid, um, with a defender status more so, it just makes him so handy. The thing is, he's probably going to get a ruck status next season, but that could be handy too, I mm-hmm. think, because mm-hmm. there's just not that many out there that score that well. And he scores well as a ruck, and he's fine. He's putting up fine numbers as a ruckman. So I think you just got to monitor this as the season goes on. So if it looks like it's continuing long-term, it could be a play to get him in as your ruckman next season. The thing is, it depends on their off-season recruiting. Oh, no, they're ruckman in the wings. There's no one really standing out, is there? they got Reece Stanley. they got Darcy Ford. He doesn't look anywhere near it. No. Sava Radigalia does the second ruck duties, I guess, at the moment. they got a couple youngsters who are still, you know, a year or two away from being anywhere near relevant. Uh, what's he? He's 30, though. That's the thing. Yeah, it's more so if you just need a ruck, though, mm. because there's a few people light on a ruck, so it might be a might be something you want to think about. I don't know. Uh, Luke Dowhouse had 85 points, and he had a huge second quarter. He had 12 disposals in that quarter, then faded off. But he only had one touch in the second uh, quarter, and I think he only had a couple in the last quarter as well. Um, can look okay, and does get the ground to get a few touches. He does work hard, but... Yeah, he's only had two scores above 70 this season, so more of a tip of the cap to Luke Dearhouse. It's just so disappointing. Western Bulldogs, he was like a legit forward mm-hmm. option. It was crazy. Anyway, times change, new clubs, whatever. They do. Uh, Tom Atkins, uh, 82 points. Now, he's a player I think has got a bit of fantasy potential. Like, often runs off the halfback um, and into the centre bounces, so he gets a few tackles that way and stuff like that, um, but then gets um, you know a few possessions off the halfback as well. He's averaging 70 this year, and he's had one tonne, but also he's had four scores above 80. So I reckon if you give him a year or two, you know, till he's retiring, that sort of stuff, I reckon he could be a guy off that halfback flank. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, he seems to be a bit of a mixed Mr. Fix-It in a few areas. Actually, he goes up forward a bit too, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. I think his best uh, scoring has been seen off the, the back flank, but he's one of those guys who's been a mature age recruit. He's 25, so... Yep, there is obviously scope, and he's probably. He's, oh, I did not realize. That. I thought he was. But he's a bit one that younger. you can kind of look at because he's in his prime very shortly. Yeah, true. So you know, like you're not having to wait around a you know a couple of years. You probably know in a way what you're going to get, but at the same time, like as you said, he's notched up quite a few you know solid scores this year. Um, doesn't really have too too much of a, a poor poor floor, I should say. So um, yeah serviceable and if he's got that back forward status again next year it's always handy to have those guys I reckon he always tends to find himself in draft pools as mm-hmm. well so not not a bad idea if he's there just to pick him up and have a look at him uh, let's move on to Western Bulldogs so Taylor Duray had 91 points running off the halfback flank he's averaging 74 this year and the thing is with Western Bulldogs defenders in particular they're just so hard to tell which one is going to score well each to week mm-hmm. so look like Daniel Crozier Dale Duray Williams just so many mouths to feed. Some so many players that run through there. Mm-hmm. I know players like Dale. Uh, sorry, Daniel um, are getting a better run in the midfield at the moment. Mm-hmm. Williams can push up to a wing, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's just hard to tell which one is actually going to score well because it seems to change each week. But uh, a guy who played his first game uh, for the year after an ACL injury last year was Tom McLean, and he had eighty-one points. And he played mostly on the wing, but also had a couple of CBAs too. And we know from his history, he's been an okay fantasy scorer in the past. He's averages uh, seventy-three in twenty sixteen, eighty-six in twenty seventeen, and ninety-five in twenty eighteen. So he's hampered by injury the last couple of seasons. But listed as a forward, he could be super handy. But we obviously know that there's a few players coming back for Western Bulldogs in the later mm-hmm. stages of this year. So mm-hmm. that midfield time might not last too long, uh, especially if someone like Trelaw comes back, someone like uh, Dunkley comes back later on in the year, might hamper him a little bit. But 
Yeah, for the next few weeks, if he's available and you need a good forward, yeah. he could help help you, you know, find your way into a into a top, you know, six into the finals or whatever. Yeah. What do you think? Uh that yeah, that ninety five year in, in twenty eighteen, that's when he was basically playing midfield and he was a genuinely like premium option. Didn't you know? he average like a hundred for over like the last Stretch of games it was a period, right? yeah, yeah. And he was on fire, and then like he kind of came crash, yeah, crashing back to earth because he basically got penciled in as like a forward pocket, and annoyingly, it's not really a role he's that great at either. Yeah, it was just correct. like they had so many good players that that's the spot that they kind of put him in. Um, yeah, obviously hurt his knee, and then he's kind of come back. But look, maybe Bevo's just realised that he needs to play him where where the footy is, and if that's the case, um, yeah, eighty-one points is a good start for your twenty twenty one season. He's playing players in their best position. It's just a crazy concept, isn't Who it? Who would have thought? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I'm not an AFL coach, obviously. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Gold Coast Suns versus Port Adelaide. Uh, what a, I guess, a shit show in terms of Gold Coast supporters, if you're a Gold Coast supporter. All of them out there that listen to us. Mm-hmm. Um, g'day, all the Gold Coast supporters out there. Um, <laughs> they probably agree. Yeah, but it was a bit of a, a bit of a shit show. But this wasn't that entertaining. Like Even as a Port supporter, I just, it's just like the same old, same old. It's just like, oh, we'll, we'll flog a bottom eight side and we'll just lose to a top eight side. And it's not even that exciting to watch anymore. But luckily, there's fantasy scoring to get me up and about. And a player who's getting me up and about this season is Will Powell. So he has 78 points and he's averaging 73 this season. And he's, I guess he's an athletic type. He, he wears a headband. So you've got to be pretty athletic if you do wear a headband. Helps with the aerodynamics. Yeah, exactly. Gets that hair out the way and pushes it behind you. But yeah, he just looks like a fantasy scorer. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's an 80 plus average next season. So mm-hmm. I'd be jumping on now. Now, I know he's only averaging 73 this season, but he's on the right trajectory. Uh, he will become a good fantasy scorer, a serviceable one at least anyway. Not, yeah. not saying he's one who's superstar, probably, but yeah. I don't know if he's winning their best and fairest, but like, it would be Took Miller. But like in terms of guys who've just kind of gone to the next level this year. Would he win the most improved award? Yep, 100%. Okay, nice. Everyone's favourite award. <laughs> hey, it's an award. <laughs> it's a trophy. Uh, it would uh, add to my trophy. It probably, it probably, two, two probably means more AFL level as opposed to C grade level. Yeah. You know? Hey, I never won. I never won. I'm not uh, saying you did, but like- Most improved, mate. I was, I was best and fairest. Thank you very much. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> illustrious. Illustrious. Uh, Stephen Motlop had 110 points. Uh, had a good game, but just goes missing too often. So, just a tip of the cap with that one. He was one that- he, he, I was looking at the scores on my phone at footy and he was like fucking smoking it early. And then yeah. he really slowed down. He too. does that though. He just, he'll kick a few goals here and there and get a few touches and things like that. And yeah, he does go missing a fair bit. So tip of the cat to Steve Mollop. Miles uh, Bergman had 103 points and it was his best game so far. Just had the ball on a string in defense early. Um, plays the right type of game for fantasy at the moment as well. And I was just looking at, I, I thought he looked kind of tall, so I looked it up. He's actually 189 centimeters. So that's not short for a you know halfback flanker. Mm. And he can take a mark as well. So, the thing is, there's just so many halfback options at Port Adelaide. So the thing, but the thing is, he has shown potential this year that he could be a fantasy player. I'm not going to pencil it in. I'm not going to lock it in. I'm not going to guarantee it. But he's shown some signs that he plays the right type of role and can win the footy every now and then to be a good fantasy scorer. So he's one to look out for the future. Stash now, I think. Uh, Just quickly, listeners, if you want to fast forward this bit, we're only a quarter of the way through all the piss off. We are not. We've got. About. You've got eight guys you're talking about. The you've thing got is. Truth. They play Gold Coast, who give up the most fantasy points. Obviously, there's going to be a shitload of fantasy points scored. All right? Calm down, mate. Uh, Willem Drew, 94 points. Uh, Just doing that in and under work Rockcliffe was doing um, before he kind of got injured or got sent out of the side and then got injured. Just doesn't get the sheer volume that Rockcliffe does, though. But he's probably a little bit more effective. So, I don't know. You're giving your take, I guess. Uh, And he's taken the load off Wines a bit this year, I think, as well, who's really been flourishing with Willem Drew Mm -hmm. on the side. So, I can see him being like an 80 to 90 midfield type, like a Ben Cunnington style. Mm -hmm. But just not elite, but a player who I reckon would be handy to be in your side. Good tackler. 
Oh, absolutely. So he gets a few plus fours there. Big time. Uh, Connor Rosie had 91 points. Uh, another good performance, but still needed three goals to get there. I think next year is going to be his big breakout because he's not really getting a heap of that midfield time like everyone expects and wants him to do. Mm-hmm. He's, and in the last few weeks, he's actually kicking goals to get these big scores up. Yep. Port do have a really good run home. Um, there is a chance where he could get on the end. There could be a few games where he does get on the end of a few goals. Mm-hmm. But I think he's one, especially in keeper leagues, you want to jump on now and just stash because I reckon next year he's going to be big, especially next when he gets year. a full preseason and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Fitness would be a big issue for him because uh, all of those guys have kind of had a yeah. few interrupted. You know, but he's been playing for quite kind of thing. a while now. Like, yeah. But the thing is, during the season, it doesn't seem like they do a lot of fitness type work. It's more recovery mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Whereas the preseason is where they get in and he missed a lot of that. So, yeah. Uh, Charlie Fourth Dixon. Year Sorry, what's up? Fourth year breakout. Fourth year breakout. Yep. Uh, Charlie Dixon had 89 points. Uh, is just in really good form at the moment. He's just taking marks, has super sticky hands. Uh, he's kicking goals too. There's still a few shanks in there, which are infuriating, but that's Charlie Dixon. You know, you just, you get what mm-hmm. you get with Charlie mm-hmm. Dixon. Um, Port have, like I said, Port have a pretty easy run home as well. So I'd back him to have a few um, big games in the second half of the season. And I think they play all the hard teams at home as well. So I think he's going to have a big. He's going to be a lot better in the second half of the season. I think Sydney Hawthorne, Melbourne Saints, Collingwood, Jitterius, Adelaide, Carlton Bulldogs. Yeah, so yeah, I would play Bulldogs away. In, but yeah, handy teams in finals for for fantasy. Last game against Bulldogs though. Yeah, that's a but bit of a. Concern. He can win you a f- game against Carlton or the Crows. Yeah, true. Get you into he a can final. feast. Yeah, yeah, feast. Uh, Peter Laddams case. Well, well, well. The he, best keeper of your team. He hey? scored well. well he scored he's, 81 points. He's had, Give yourself a pat on the back. He's averaging, what, 85, 90 from the last four weeks? Now, this is the reason why I kept him, though, because I was expecting this. Okay. Now, I wasn't really expecting Lysett to get injured, but I was expecting a, a more of a split between the two of them, not just him sitting forwards. Mm-hmm. And scored 81 points on the weekend. Obviously, Marshall's out of the side, and he played, but he, he didn't play out forward like he was earlier in the season, like just sitting up there. He was a genuine second ruck. So, rather than that forward who just pinch hit and then did the forward line rucking as well. So... He's averaged high 70s last year in this role. Um, but the thing is, Lysa was out for a large chunk. So it's pretty similar to this year. But this game proves that they can coexist. And I think it really depends on what they do with Marshall. If, if Marshall comes back in, I think it's I think um, then Laddams is probably going to go out of the side. But I don't think they can drop Laddams on his form at the moment. So, mm-hmm. And I think this was probably too effective uh, with the two of them rotating. Um, or anyway, Laddams going forward. I think uh, Lysa went to the bench a bit more. But um, yeah. Let's just monitor to see how this goes because I reckon this is probably the winning combo for Poor and probably the winning combo for Laddams' fantasy scoring as well. So hopefully it continues. Uh, we'll talk about a few players just quickly to round off my list of 30. Um, Hamish Hartlett had 45 points and a half and he's been pretty bad this year, but he's a decent defender option. Well, he has been in the past. So the trade value now is at an all-time low. So it's just something to think about if contending should get a good run if Lockie Jones is out for an extended period. And I think we talked about this in the Wave Wire podcast that Port will probably, I think maybe put Lockie Jones on ice a bit more. Mm-hmm. So I think if, like, like I said, I don't actually think Port Adelaide are contenders this year, but Port Adelaide I know think they do. And if they are, they probably want to play someone more senior like Hartlett through those games and try to rely on someone like Lockie Jones, especially with he's having a few you know months off now with injury. I think they might put him on ice and just try to rely on Hamish Hartlett. Well, they've got to win three of their next five flags. Why is that? That's their club goal. Or, or Ken gets a sack. Uh, yeah, no, he'd probably still get extremely. They still probably do good enough somehow in that. Anyway, uh, Jared Jared Lineit, the commentators say, but being the Brosser, there's it's a lean it. It's a lean it. Yeah, being Brosser Germans, we we know how to pronounce these names. Yeah. Um, seventy three points for him. But the thing is, like, don't get too sucked in with that. He always scores well when he plays. Um, 
I don't back him to hold his spot. That's the thing. So long term as well, I just can't see him being a part of Port's best 22 ever, like going forward. So unless he gets traded to another club, which I think there's too many of his types out there, I don't think he's got too much of a future, especially as a fantasy score anyway. He's pretty solid. He's I solid. I don't hate him. I don't hate player. him either. Like yeah. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I actually met his dad once. Um, he cool. was a sailing instructor down at Murray Bridge, and I used to do the aquatic camps down there. And uh, yeah, he he said he said you probably don't know who my son is, this is Jared Lee. And I'm like, mate, I'm the ultimate poor nuffy. I know every player, mate. <laughs> actually, and then you talk for six hours. I had actually just career. recently been to a uh, to dinner at the Port Adelaide Footy Club where Lena talked uh, to the club to the people in the at the dinner. But so. you made his dad's day. <laughs> yeah, I did actually. Anyway, uh, and that's what we've got time for tonight, guys. Thanks <laughs> for listening to the Hef Rewind. Anyway, the Port Adelaide Rewind. Uh, let's move on to a game that. You uh, watched. I watched it. Uh, <laughs> North v Brisbane. So, uh, we'll kick off with LDU. He had 99 points, 22 touches. Not a solid game from him. What I have liked about recently, uh, the last few games, his tackle numbers are up. So, averaging about five a game in his last three. So, I think there's a lot of doubters out there and you know people you know second-guessing whether he's like, going to make it. And that's probably fair enough. But... What is true is he's finally got his body right and he's getting a clear run at it. So he's played all the season, um, averaging 86 in his last five games. It's in his fourth year. I think he's going to be one of those guys that's always pretty solid but never really a a fantasy star, like almost in a Ben Cunnington kind of mould. Just be pretty solid fantasy-wise but won't be a 120 kind of midfielder. So um, if you're happy for something like that, keep the faith with Luke. Uh, Trent Dumont, our boy, he had 86 touches – sorry, 86 points at 21 – touches. Yeah, he's that fit. Um, (laughs) 21 touches and looked like he was getting into a bit more, um, obviously, after that injury interrupted start to the year. He's had back-to-back – 80s now. I think they got Gold Coast this week, so could be a game where he really finds some form and uh, you know gets a bit of a, a pig pig game under his belt, which would be nice. I think you just got to stick with him. I think history also says that it's tough to have a big year coming off a you know an injury interrupted preseason. You always see those guys who just can never kind of recapture their form from the year prior if they don't have a preseason. I think it's the same with Jumont, especially as he always you know really relies on his gut running and that kind of thing. So we'll take a bit of time to get into it. So don't lose the faith with Froggy. Uh, Taron Thomas, 86 points, 20 touches, kicked two points, could have kicked a few goals there, obviously. Look, he's actually hit the scoreboard a minimum of two times in each of his last six games, so points and goals there. So he's getting his looks up forward, which is really handy for that kind of um, mid-forward hybrid role that he plays, averaging 85 in his last five, and is building nicely. Consistency is a big tick. But for me, I don't know about you, Hef, the jury is out on his potential ceiling because he's only got a career PB of 92 points. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, just looking at your notes here. When you say hit the scoreboard, you mean that he kicked the point in at least one of his last six games? Two. He's kicked at least two points or a goal, a goal, a goal point. Yeah, I'm saying, like, you're saying that you're counting, you're saying hitting the scoreboard is kicking a point. Yeah. You really are in marketing, aren't you? Yeah. You, like, you can sell Has anything. he hit the scoreboard? Well, yes, you know, in the worst possible Correct. way. So he's hit the scoreboard. He's not really doing any damage to the scoreboard. Hitting the scoreboard Sometimes means he's like kicked two goals yeah. or three goals. Yeah, but then you're, you're saying in the last six, he's at least kicked a point. <laughs> two points. Oh, sorry. Yes, two points. It's better than one point. Oh, it is. If, if you'd only kick one point, you wouldn't count it. It's double as good. Okay. Yeah, sure. You really are in marketing. He's getting looks, man. So, what was he's the question? He's getting looks at goals. I, I don't care what the question was. He's good. I rate him. And but is he got a big ceiling is the question. Uh, probably not a big ceiling, but I think he's going to be a consistent player, like a consistent 80 kind of average type. 
That's what I think. Which is pretty good for a forward if you obviously In this day and age where there's no forwards, like no good ones anyway, and the ones that are good are dinosaurs or have really kind of shaky roles going forward. Mm. Quite a few of them do. Um, yeah, I, I don't I mind like him. him. Yeah, he's good. Uh, Luke McDonald had 63 points in his return to football, but there's big, 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 Big danger signs for the Luke McDonald believers, including you, Hef. Had him as your fourth-ranked defender this year. it's not Luke McDonald I'm a believer in. I was a believer of the role, right? 17 touches Rewind, and played go back on to the, the wing. Now, the worst thing is, Hef, I don't know if you've seen the news, David Noble stated today that that's where he wants to play Luke McDonald, on uh. the wing. So, Aaron Hall and Jack Zeeble, the old fossils back there, played that role so nicely that he's just gone... You guys can keep that, and I'm going to play El Mac up on the wing. So, danger signs for owners, man. I don't think you want to be a wingman on. No, on absolutely. The I, I agree. But the thing is, like, if he didn't get injured, like, no one predicted. Don't give a sucker a chance. No one predicted Hall and Zeeble to do this. And my preseason prediction was that he would have that role because I watched him a lot last year. And someone gets that role in North Melbourne's defence, and it's you think it was huge for Aaron Hall. Going. I could, I could no. kind of see it being maybe Jack Zeeble because they yeah. talked about it all preseason. But yeah. Aaron Hall is just, uh, yeah, really slutting it up. Back yeah, there. and like, the thing is, like, that's how good the role is that two of them can go back there and rack it up. So McDonald was a shoe in to be a good fantasy scorer this year until he. You know, died. You now he's a so, winman. Yep. It's just no good. RIP. Yep. Uh, Zach Bailey had 99 points and we've seen him light it up as a small forward, you know, kicking goals and scoring. But it was good to see him jump in that midfield on the weekend with no Zorko and, uh, you know, rack up some touches. So he had 29 of them and a sausage roll. Do you reckon he could be like a next Dane Zorko, that kind of mould where, you know, pretty sneaky around goals, finds him, but can also then roll through the middle and middle and, and, and kind of amass a lot of touches. Like I'm not saying he's there yet or he'll be yeah. potentially as good, but he's got those kind of attributes and that size. Zorko, Zorko a mature age recruit. Yeah, I can't remember. I yeah. So. so Zorko, I was just going to say, Zorko showed more earlier on, but I think that's why, because he was mature he age recruit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, look, perhaps he does play a very similar role and Zorko doesn't have a heap left in him. No. So in the last few weeks, like if you asked me two weeks ago, I would have said no way. But from what I've seen in the last few weeks, I do like the look of him. So, yeah, um, not going to be that kind of elite midfielder type. And I think a lot of people thought he might get a few bit of a CBA bump in the last few weeks. But he's still playing pretty much predominantly forward. But it's a good mm-hmm. split between the two. And it's probably the best kind of split, um, kind of like a Toby Green style split. Um that is good for fantasy scoring. So, yeah, I don't mind it. I think he can. He does have potential, that's for sure. Yes. And lastly, you can't go on without talking about Reese Matheson. 79 points from Beast Mode, the barometer. Just talk about what you want. Another win purely because they've picked the right guy on the side. 20 touches, five tackles. And, look, people want to hate on him, but he's averaging 75 uh, when you take out that game that he came on for 10 minutes as a sub. So, Look, that's a pretty good clip for a guy who's a centre forward. And uh, heck, I love beast mode. I know you do because we didn't actually mention this on last week's pod, but uh, you were actually on the ABC. A tweet of yours was actually on the ABC (laughs) on the, uh, yeah, good boy, good boy, good footy energies, Brad Hollis is uh, the comedian. Uh, One of your tweets about beast mode actually popped up on the TV and he spoke about beast mode for three minutes on the back of that. So who's the Hollywood now? Uh, no, I'm just in, I'm just the Oracle. People are starting, <laughs> oh, finally that, starting to realise that. Yeah, you said you're making TV. That's how uh, good your calls are at the moment. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's just like Paddy Lipinski. Uh, let's, uh, He's still going to be good. Don't worry. We'll, gonna get, we'll get him wrong. You're allowed to get something. You're allowed to get one thing wrong this year, Case. And that's still not it. Um, yeah, GWS, Giants versus Carlton. GWS are a bloody good fantasy team to watch. There's just so many players in there that can go mm-hmm. big. So I enjoy watching GWS. So if you don't mind, I'll do the rest of the GWS games for the year if that's cool with you. 
Uh, yeah, that's fine. Just uh, you, you love watching them, but they're still half GWS players compared to what you talk about Port. So yeah, true. Well, no, because the other ones are just two G four P. That's okay, why. Right, yeah. got you, got yeah. you. Anyway, uh, Matt DeBoer had one hundred three points. He tagged Walsh out of the game, but still managed to score himself. I think he kicked the goal as well, which was pretty funny. Um, I don't like tags as fantasy scorer. So this is a tip of the cap for me, but you have a bit of a different opinion as tag mm-hmm. as a fantasy scorer. I know I get the merit because you like that. You think they're around the ball a lot and they get tackles and stuff correct, like that. Correct. So what do you think about DeBoer though? Um, yeah, no, probably more of an age thing with DeBoer. Like he might have a good game here or there, but look, I think if you look through his career, it's never been necessarily blessed with, um, you know, scoring prowess, but He's probably more of a guy who's a genuinely old school tagger, like a a Ryan Crowley type who he's just so team focused that he's just like, yeah, he's got the blinkers on and he's shutting that, you know, shutting that guy down. Whereas some of the newer age taggers, you know, still think that they can, they're allowed to win the ball and that kind of thing. So um, not as keen on someone like the ball, but uh, I don't hate the tagger as a fantasy prospect at all. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson had 103 points, kicked five goals to get there. Not going to do that every week. Just another tip of the cap, really. Um, it's just, yeah, he's not one that interests me a great deal. Um, but another tip of the cap really is Harry Himmelberg, mm-hmm. uh, 86 points. And he's averaging 65, so he's a bench option, I guess, at the best, but yeah. uh, not even a loophole option really, like someone in your reserves that you kind of just have there, break glass in case of emergency. Correct. Um, so, yeah, enough of the uh, tip of the cap, so, because I'm going to talk about Connor Iden. Hell yeah, um, you do. <laughs> he had 84 My boy. points. Uh, Ash was dropped, which was harsh, but he picked up a bit of the slack there. You did point out he has been scoring okay on the Wave Wire podcast, but like he's been pretty up and down. Like he's gone like 70, 50, 70, 40, that sort of stuff. So he's one to really monitor though, I think, if Ash stays out, but I just can't see that happening. So I think if Ash comes back and he goes back to fluctuating with the possessions. What Some do you think? credit, man. I picked him as my streamer of the week last week. I know you week. did. I know you did. 84 points. The yeah, Oracle fucking hits again. Like I said, the Oracle saw that uh, Ash was going to get dropped. That's how you did no, it. No, I like it because of the Sam Taylor thing and I think he's playing a bit taller than that. Um, what? So, you play like, suddenly like key defenders score better, do they? Playing taller and more defensive makes you a better no, scorer. No, but Sam Taylor was the aggressive intercept marker and that's what I'd done's come in and done since Taylor's gone down. Yeah, okay. I get that. He's taken a bit more of the, the you know, the macho role back there, the big boy. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But that doesn't generally mean better fantasy scoring. It doesn't, but it means that, you know, and they play a bit of a chippy chip kick around the yeah, back okay. line. And, you know, if he's like- The thing is, he's been in he's there, the next in he's line. He's been there all season yeah. and he hasn't really been doing that though. But opportunity, you know, you know reckon, Taylor's out. He mate, gets opportunity to step You've just got to embrace the dart toss, I think, the dart throwing. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> this is not a dart. This is a strategically chosen- oh, yeah, Just like all of them. Streamer of the week. Yeah. And I hit it. Who was your streamer of the week? Uh, Jonathan Segler. How'd he go? Nah, 56, I think. Not great. <laughs> Another one for the Oracle. <sighs> mate, I've been on fire the last few weeks. Just don't get me wrong. You just uh, think about your own. That's all. Um, let's move on. some research. Matthew Kennedy, uh, 110 points. First game since round five, and he featured heavily in the midfield rotation this week. So, early in the year, he played, but was barely using the guts. And I'm not sure, was part of the review case to actually get players in the actual into the side and actually play them in their proper positions? Because, you know, crazy concept. But, uh, look, it seemed to seemed to do a rough. It does Kennedy work. Yeah, it worked for, Rich, uh, for Essendon, sorry, when they decided to play Darcy Parrish as a midfielder. You know, yeah. that turned out quite well. Yeah, he was awesome on the weekend. Mm. Yeah. 
He's allowed to have one bad game. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, look, Matthew Kennedy, it's just, he's an interesting one because he's listed as a forward. And like at the end of last year, he was actually a really good pickup because I picked him up in our mid-season draft and he was an awesome forward option for me. Um, had a few uh, BCV 80s and I think had a BCV ton in there before getting injured late in the season and probably cost me one of the players that cost me a grand final berth last year because he was scoring that well and I couldn't really replace him. Um, I think he's a good sneaky pickup if you can get him. He's only 40% owned as well. So if you can get him off the way, why? And he plays this role for the rest of the season. Jeez, he'd be happy. Um, sorry, you got something? Oh, no. He just he can score when he plays yeah. that particular role. Yeah. Um, if he's in the guts, can. getting CBAs, he's okay. Um, Mark Pitnett, uh, 86 points. He's just a serviceable option as a ruck, I think. Mm. Um, you, he's a player that if you own or you want to own him, you need to make sure you have De Koning. Um, so the future is wrapped up in the future, uh, you know, for the future. But um, the thing is, Casbolt played on the weekend. So, mm. he's been out for a fair while now, hasn't he? They've dropped him and he's also been suspended for this week too, Levi. Did he do something in the suit? In the VFL. Oh, really? So, there was no chance that he'll he's come back in this no week? No chance he's playing this, this weekend. But he had, he got dropped and then he had, I don't think he played for a long time. He scored a ton in the VFL on the weekend. Yeah, last week. But before yeah. that, he was out for like four or five weeks. Wasn't uh, he? Nah, maybe a week or two. They dropped him the week before they dropped Mark Murphy, I think. So, ah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I just didn't see him in the pop-up in the VFL numbers last few weeks. So I assumed he was injured. Um, but yeah, if he does come back in, There's they no often VFL use him as a backup ruck. So, what's that? There's no VFL football. Oh, of course. That makes so much more sense. Um, but anyway, uh, look, if he does come back in, which is not now, but if he does come back in the next few weeks, who do you think? Do you think they play all three or do you think they just run with De Koning no. and Pitnet going forward? Great question. Um, I don't think they can. Yeah. So do you I think- I don't think they can. So I think Levi's just um, back up. Yeah. So he's, you don't think- I think purely, any chance from what in? I've seen from Carlton is that De Koenig's forward craft is actually pretty good. Yeah. So like, you know, if he's not your number one, if say Pitnet, they're kind of playing as a number one right this year purely because he's a bit more older, a bit more experienced, bigger body. And they throw De Koenig in there just to, you know, still build on his game. I think he's a he's a good forward option and probably a bit better than, a bit more attacking than maybe Levi Casbold is. Yeah. Um, and Pitnet can be serviceable. So I think, yeah, I think that you won't see too much more of Levi Casbold if um, if Tom De Koenig stays fit. Oh, hot take there. Um, well, it makes sense. He's the future. Uh Harry McKay had 83 points, kicked three goals. And it's a pretty standard game from Harry McKay these days, like mm-hmm. averaging 70 points, but he does have an injury effect to score of seven in there, bringing that down. He is still, however, an up and down style player. And I don't know, I'd be kind of nervous starting him, but he'd be a player that I absolutely love getting on board when he does go big. But he's got the potential to go pretty stinky as well. So he does play for Carlton. Yes, it, it happens. It's with the with the territory. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah. he's he's just a good, good one to watch and good one to root for, for yeah. sure. For sure. All right. Let's move on to Hawthorne versus your Don's case. <laughs> Heffy. Yeah. Jake the Package Stringer. 136 points. Boy, oh boy, wow. This is one of the best individual games I've seen ever, I reckon. He was amazing. Ever. He was fucking outstanding. Okay. Four goals, one, 29 touches, seven tackles. A couple of the best goals you've ever seen. Like, I don't know how he controlled that soccer kick through the goal, like, and he knew what he was doing. It was nuts. And then there was one where he, one hand, threw it on the boot from about 50 metres and just sailed through. The guy's a genius. Uh, we've spoken a lot about him uh, during the year because he has a dreamy role in my eyes. He always starts in the CBAs and then he'll push forward. So, you know, yes, CBAs don't always mean uh, scores, but 
the Bombers put him in the midfield for a reason because he's actually very good around the uh, around the stoppage and, and clearance and stuff like that. So he's always a big chance for a, a plus four or a plus three, even a plus two in there to get the ball moving out. Then he goes forward and does what he does best and uh, creates goals. So, yes, this was a PB game for sure. But, look, he's comfortably pulling out 70s, a few 80s this season. 55% owned. I think he's a guy who could potentially win you a final or even a grand final um, just because he's in such a good vein of form at the moment. I find it interesting that you said he kicked four goals one and didn't just say he hit the scoreboard five times. He didn't hit the – that's <laughs> technically correct. Okay. Should have just made it that way. It sounds way better. Uh Four goals one sounds pretty damn good. Hey, we're playing <laughs> our last two games at Gold Coast and Collingwood. Shit, get on board. Uh, good uh, grand final matchups there. Heck yeah. Uh, who else, guys? Who else is Slamming good Sammy Draper, 82 points. Fantastic return from him. That Mullet is looking delicious too. 15 touches and 17 hitouts. Look, I think probably overall Big Boy and Segs won more hitouts, but uh, I really love Big Sammy's hustle and effort around the ground. Just the stuff you love to see from a Ruckman. Took six marks as well. He looked dominant. Yeah, he just kind of even though like, even though Max Gorn, like just the way he'd kind of sit in the hole and take grabs. It was funny because I was just like, you know, I don't really look at the stats when I'm watching the Bombers games because I, you know, like to get invested in that kind of thing. Yeah, and I just kind of assumed he might have been winning the hitouts or around the mark, but those guys were. McAvoy easily beat him. Yeah, yeah. But if you were watching the game, you were like, no, nah, I reckon uh, Draper's definitely Just the upper his hand. presence in like in defence. Even taking pressure and yeah, stuff yeah. like that is really good. So I think he's a genuine long-term ruck, ruck option, sorry. So get on board if you can. Harry Jones, uh, the nab rising star of the week. He had 81 points and this was easily the best game of his career. He's been pretty solid all year as a really skinny key forward. But uh, yeah, yesterday his mitts were just so sticky. Uh, took eight marks and some really, really nice contested ones at that. 14 touches, two goals, one, and probably could have had four goals. I think he really shanked one out in the fall yeah, that's without right. too much sweat. So look, he's more of that genuine key forward, not like your, your roaming um athletic type key forward and probably not as dangerous as like a a Mackay or a Norton. But uh, look, he's going to be one who I reckon will kick a lot of goals at one stage, but he's still young, um, but will be a handful at some stage. So maybe a stash for a bit bit later on if you can, but uh, definitely tracking the right way. On the commentary, they were saying that he, I haven't watched him super closely this year, mm. but on the commentary, they were saying that he was a shock and set shot early, but he's really come good in the last few weeks. He doesn't really miss now, obviously, apart from that yeah, shank we all saw. Did, yeah, especially early on, he was missing a few. But yeah, for me, yesterday, it was about how well he was clunking those marks. That's true. Like under yeah. the pressure. And, early yeah. on as well, he took two big grabs. And I think once you do that, you kind of set yourself up for a big take, get that confidence and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. yeah, it was good to watch yesterday. Uh, Dan Howe had 97 points. Now, Hef, I think we've talked about him a lot. And I'm pretty happy to 2G for PM if you want. Yeah, geez, that's a he's big call. He's had six 80 plus games. Uh, he's locked in on that Hawthorne wing. Over 80% owned. Like, I don't know what more, uh, you know, a guy can do. He's just going to be one of those guys you mention each week and going, yeah, he's scoring well. Yeah, he's scoring well. Like, do we just write someone like Dan Howe off? Well, the criteria, the loose, very loose criteria is either someone who's averaging 80 plus and has had three or had three 80 plus games in a row. Um, he's averaging 76. Now, he's only had, he had three 80 plus games in a row, but he had a 49 before that. And then he's gone 90, then 40. So he's fluctuating so he's a little bit. He's saying it's a bit too inconsistent. A little bit to be 2G just yet, but okay. I don't mind the idea of it. Daniel Howe was, we were big on, like a lot of us were in our league were big on mm-hmm. him like four or five, four years ago, I think it was. Well, maybe a bit less than that. Maybe I three. He went, he went first round in a draft. I remember it was 2018. I think it was because it was well, the draft was at uh, TT's handy. old house. He's handy. Yeah. He went first round in a draft, like, and I think, well, first or second round a few yeah. years ago. 
because he had a big pre, few good preseason games where he was going well. He can he can score on his day. The issue with him is he's always been a bit hit and miss in that Hawthorne side. But he's had a few. Know, like, has he had a few injury issues? He's had a as few well? niggles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and but like now, now I just think that like he was matching up against uh, Nick Cox on the wing and obviously beat him convincingly because Cox didn't have the greatest day. But um, yeah, I don't really see. Uh, sorry, I see his role kind of locked in there. So yep, um, but not two G four P, but he's okay. scoring really well. Yeah. The question is closed. Uh, Blakey Hardwick had 88 points, and I know a lot of people are giving us a bit of stick for not giving him enough respect on the podcast this year. He's averaging 80, and yeah. he's only gone under 60 once. Half now. What I like about that Hawthorne backline is they can just score, and you kind of think. They've got so many scoring types back there, but they managed to do it because him and Jarman Impey are dominating off the halfback line. Um, Impey especially uh, has a genuine thirst for the uh, kick mark style game. And then you lock in Will Day, who's building, Jack Scrimshaw, who's taking some great grabs, and uh, the run of CJ Jyth. They're all different types and they're all scoring well fantasy-wise, but Blake Hardwick's kind of gone under the radar because I've been watching Impey because I'm an owner and then obviously the other three guys are so specky at their best. But uh, Hardwick, yeah, low-key great year. The thing is like with Hardwick, and it's probably why he doesn't get enough attention on the podcast, is because he goes like 70, 70, 70, 120, 70, 70, 70, 70, 130 mm-hmm. type of thing. Generally, like if you're under 80, like it's not – unless it's like a super standout type performance, it's yeah. like we don't really give you much – time on the podcast just because mm. there's so many to talk about. Mm. But, yeah, I agree. If you're averaging 82, you're, you're in 2G4P range. It's just mm. that, like, he goes 70 and then he'll have 130 and that's why he gets the, the 80 average the type average. thing. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he's a too good for the podcast contender for he's sure. solid. Very close. Like, if you don't, let's say if he goes big, if he goes 80 plus next week, we 2G him. He's called it. Yeah. And James Cousins, lastly, 74 points from him. Uh, Surprised to see him back in the side, but did have an absolute belter in the VFL the week before. Uh, 21 touches and four tackles from him. Big question is, uh, Warpedo comes back in this week. What happens to someone like Cousins? You know, does someone like Jacob Newcomb lose his game? Giant Newcomb, sorry, after a a quiet game. Uh, You know, does Bramble go out? You know, does Cousins hold his spot? There's a few guys in that midfield. It's a bit wishy-washy, and I just don't know about some security in there. I think Newcomb goes out for the Warpedo. I think Bramble, whilst he was kind of quiet, he did some nice things at playing more of like an outside role. Mm. Um, it was a bit nippy, like very quick, um, and just actually seemed like he, he did a few good things where he just hit like targets and stuff like that. Whereas Cousins so, and Warpedo are genuine yeah. uh, inside mids. But yeah, I think Newcomb, Newcomb misses and I think Cousins holds. Mm. I think that's what happens. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyways, that's a short, sharp, and shiny uh, round rewind. Although we still are forty-one minutes into the podcast, but the quality uh, content. <laughs> uh, but if you appreciate the uh, quality content, uh, please consider becoming a member and supporting the podcast. Um, and in return, we'll uh, give you all access to all of our premium resources, including uh, projections, state league fantasy scores, uh, the breakout tracker, bonus episodes, um, all resources that are handy for classic draft and keeper leagues. And uh, yeah, if we get enough members up there, we do have a plan. Plans uh, to do a few extra things with the pod, uh, maybe even a second podcast per week. But we'd need, we'd need a few uh, need a few extra members if that's the case. But uh, anyway, let's thank our gold members this week. So thanks to Paul Erickson, James Kolaris, uh, Matthew Schweitzer, Alex Fugelslang, and Jamie Mott. A few longer names in there, but a few uh, good ones. Absolutely great names, and they're they're so good because they're members of this podcast. So thank you to them for signing up and supporting the show. Legends.
right, we'll get into the projections in a sec, but Kays is going to run us through some of the better State League fantasy scorers from the weekend. Take it away. juicy ones this week. Uh, Mark Hutchings again, uh, dominant game in the waffle, 145 points from him. Well done to Hutchings. Uh, my boy, Paddy Lipinski is back in form. This game is a monster. 36 touches, six tackles, and three goals, two. That's five hits of the scoreboard, Hef. Will he get a game? 143 points. <laughs> Heck yeah, he will. Okay. Surely, you've got to get him in. You, He's back him in. I love Paddy Lipinski. You're backing him in to get a game in. this week. Lock yep. it in. Lock it in. Lock okay. it in, Edward. All right. Uh, Benny Ainsworth, another one of my boys, 130 points from him. Uh, what do you have? 24 touches and kicked four goals, three, seven scoreboard hits there, Hef. Uh, Darcy McPherson, seven. also playing good footy, 14 tackles in his 128 points. Your boy, Sammy Mays, continues his fantastic Sandfoot form, 27 touches, 11 tackles and 125 points. Did he hit the scoreboard? No scoreboard. Oh. No scoreboard efforts. Actually, no, he kicked the point. Well done, oh, Sam. He hit the scoreboard um, once. The unfortunate thing about Sam Mays is he's playing such good football in the Sandfield, but he's playing as like a midfielder and he's never going to play that role at Port. He's so barely going to play a game he's at gone. Port. He's not like, He's not an AFL footballer. But he's really good he's at a good, He's level. a good state league player. Yeah. Uh, interesting one here is James Peatling. So he plays for GWS. He was a recruit in their mid-season uh, draft. 27 touches, nine marks, five tackles. Two frees for no scoreboard hits for 124 points. So really, you know, come out of nowhere. Um, not on my radar at all. So real tip of the cap there, Jimmy. Just um, his uh, his state league scores uh, going forward. He actually averaged 100 in the VFL um, before getting drafted this season. Played five games for an 100 average. So there's potential there. GWS is a tough team to crack at the moment. That's kind true. Of but if he gets in there, there mm. is potential, fantasy potential there. Maybe even stash for next year for those in the uh, maybe you know, longer yeah. term looking. Josh Shackey kicked six goals, one. That's seven hits at the scoreboard, half, 122 points. Wow, we can points. stop now. <laughs> uh, Levi Kasbolt, uh, what did he have? He kicked one goal, two, had 22 hit outs. He's 121 points, but as I said before, will be rubbed out this week for a week. Uh, Charlie Constable, can he find his way into the Geelong side no. to replace <laughs> Mitchie Duncan? Of course not, 121 <laughs> points. And lastly, Marty Gleeson, 30 touches and 120 points from him. All right. Thanks, guys, for the State League wrap-up. We'll get into our projections this week. So, first up is the captain option. The captain can't be a top 10 averager in the competition. Is this a rule? Yeah, it is. Uh, you pick some of the most boring people this week. Okay. No, this is the captain. There's different rules for different – loopholes got different yeah, rules. You're stuff. really bending the rules to make yourself look good. My captain option – oh, I've gone some real left-field ones the last few weeks. Give me a break. This I had the- Nick Nat Nui captain and delivered. <laughs> you, could, you couldn't be any more safe if you tried. You're basically wearing a fluoro vest and reading OH&S rules to me at the moment. Anyway, Ollie Wines is not top 10 average yet, so I can still use him. And he is on fire at the moment. 15th best score in the competition. Yeah, 15th, not, be- oh, not top 10. People might not use him as a captain. God help me. Anyway, well, they might continue. not. Most people have two or three captain options continue. that you could use. Continue. Uh, someone tweeted today who had Took Miller, uh, Ollie Wines, and just some other guy. I think Jared Lyons. Who was it? There was a th- I don't know, but he's got three captain options there. Good. Yeah, on he him. might not go with Ollie Wines, so I'm telling him to go with Ollie Wines. Okay. Um, look, he's just on fire. So average is 98 against Sydney as well. 97 Adelaide Oval. 153 last week, obviously. 130 from his last three. 125 from his last five. 119 points the last time he played Sydney BCV. I just, and I love the guy because he's. You know, well, should be, support. should be the captain of my footy club. Um, just get on board. He's like I said, he's the, he's ranked fifteenth best in the comp. He'll be top ten soon, so I can't really talk about him too uh, too often. But uh, yeah, I think K's I deserve an easy one after some of the good left field captain options I've gone. Travis spoke last week. How how clever? One hundred and five. 
Yeah, hey, I'm I not mean, saying he didn't score well. I'm just saying it's not like an option. Yeah, they're, they're they're all the way down. He's nowhere near like the teams. are not even the top twenty. Oh God, I think you're, you're copying it out a bit there. But I know anyway. who'd you pick last week? Didn't you pick Darcy Parish like last week? No, or the week before? No, maybe that was a few weeks ago. <laughs> oh, maybe yeah. I picked Toby Green last week. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good one. Genius move. Oh, left I think, field. Oh, I think Travis Boak's probably more left field than Toby Green. Yeah, come on, Heffy. Nah, Travis Boak averaging like 120 a few years ago, man. Yeah, but not this year. We're not, anyway, we're not talking about the past, My captain mate. option, which is a bit outfield, a bit left field, sorry, is Josh P. Kennedy. I'm backing in the old time. I'm going to do what he does best this week. Uh, he loves beating up on the power and loves collecting points at Adelaide Oval. Oh, we've got captains playing against each other. Yeah, this has a JPK special written all over it. So his team was very disappointing a couple of weeks ago against the Hawks, and I think they're going to respond against the top side here. Should be nice coming off a nice rest, and uh, I reckon JP. Okay, I'll just be saying, get on my back, boys. I'm going to carry you. Average is 103 against Port, 100 in Adelaide Oval. He scored three tons in his last four and coming off a 117-point game against Hawthorne. Uh, underrated, and uh, I reckon he's going to go big this week. Going through a few of yours. You've got Josh Kelly here. You've got- mm. and Josh uh, Kelly was scoring shit at the start of the year. Yeah, well, the, minus mine were when they were scoring shit. Like, I had Bont when he wasn't going well, and then he scored well next week. It's all about, you know, projecting the fits. Projecting. That's what it is. Got to go early. But, yeah, Ollie Wines is a safe one this oh, week. Ollie Wines sure. has come off 154, 116, Within the rules. 121, and 105. Within the rules. Who's not going to pick him? Well, it was in the rules, all right? Yeah. Not top 15. Bending the rules. You're good at that in Ultimate not Footy. not top 10. Good at that in Ultimate Footy. I don't bend the rules. You've I've always been the rules. Well, they're not working for me. Gentlemen's, since, gentlemen's agreements. Since second, uh, since second bottom. Oh, Who's name, your loophole? Name one gentleman. Who's your loophole? Uh, all right. Uh, my loophole this week is Zach Bailey. No one's loopholing Zach Bailey. What do you mean? Like, he's a top 25 forward. Okay, this is what loopholing is. Like- if they're good, you put them on your field. If there's a concern, you loophole them. He's good. Right? No, and this is like, this is why I'm suggesting loopholing. Okay. So, he's been good the last few weeks. Everyone's gone, yeah, but he's so good. Put him on the field. Mm-hmm. All right. He averages 58 against Geelong and 55 at the Gabba. So, he doesn't actually score that well at home. Geelong give up. Don't just literally do not give up points to forwards. All right. They give up the least most points to forwards. So, I'm concerned that people are going to jump on board and say, this is how good he's been going for the last three weeks. Chuck him on the field. And I'm saying I'm trying to save you some points here because I'm I'm fear and that he might not go as good. And if he does, then you can loophole him on. But this is what a loophole should be. It shouldn't be like if you're certain they're going to score well, you should put them on the field. Mm. It should be you need I'm to wait and see. You need to well. you need to wait and see if he's going to go well. And I think you do need to wait and see with him just because the record against Geelong plus Geelong are super super stingy against forwards. Right here, I'm going to go an old Hef special here. I'm going to pick Quinton Narkle, the old, just pop him on the pine and see if he scores Which well. Which is if what not, it should be. Lost. That's what a loophole is. <laughs> <laughs> what? Look, if they're good, put him on the field. Quinton Narkle, the Cats just hate putting him on the ground. He's averaging 59% time on ground this year, which is crazy. He scored 50 points from 50% time on ground last week. No Mitchie Duncan this week. I highly doubt they're going to pick Charlie Constable or Jordan Clark to come in as a, as a midfield threat. Just get him on the park, please, Chris. He's only forty one percent owned too. So this is a this is a real nice loophole option. You can even bring him off the waiver wire. So um he can score big or he could score nothing. So yeah. See, I agree. This nothing is what a, ventured, a nothing good gained. loophole should be. As someone yes. who's not guaranteed to go big. But people might get sucked in to think he's going big. Right, yeah. Who's your next one then? Uh I'm going with Taylor Walker for this one. As so. a streamer. Yes. Why Taylor Walker. Why wouldn't I? You just look at he's averaging 80. That's what you see. And you don't actually go, he's gone under 50 for the last three out of the last six weeks. He's so I actually monitor players as the season goes on. 
And uh, look, in the last few weeks, he's only 6%. He's the 19th highest averaging forward in the yeah, game. Yeah, but again, he's like only because of his first three rounds. Like it's not true to form. Now, if you're just putting mm. if you're putting Taylor Walker on your field every week because you're seeing, oh, he's the 19th averaging forward in the game, you're going to be disappointed. You need to be watching out. Key forwards are the definition of streamers. Really? Because they either go big or they go, they go low. Sometimes you don't have a choice as a coach, though. You've got to play him. Anyway, um, he's only 60% started as well at the moment, too. I think that might be, have something to do with coming off the buy and a few people taking him off. But generally, a lot of keeper leagues don't play through the buys as well. So there's no reason to take him off. So like I said, under 70% started, which is what I generally go with. Um, but anyway, he likes Marvel Stadium. He averages 73 there. Had 73 against him last time. And it's a winnable game for the Crows. He'll kick a few and he'll probably, he'll probably get 80, I reckon. So, yeah, and it'll be... One of the scores, one of the weeks where he gets 80 instead of 40, like he has okay. been doing for the last month and a half. Now, Half, you know I love going against your data that you provide me and I like going in with my remedy kombucha yep. gut feel. Yep. I've gone against my remedy kombucha gut feel. Oh, this is going to be And good. this is a guy that I can't believe you let pass up. And I know why you have, because you hate his guts. And I'm not sure why. Harry Schoenberg, you are all about the stats and you have ignored yep. the best streamer of the week from your data. Okay. Harry averages 98 at Marvel Stadium and 102 against Carlton. He's played at Marvel Stadium once yes. against North Melbourne and yes. he kicked two junk time goals against yes. 98. And he's played against Carlton once and that 102 was an 82 adjusted from last year. Oh, of course. But- Adjusted ton. You've completely disregarded your sacred data- so I'm going to go with him anyway because I love the boy. Why have I disregarded? I'd look at the data and go, oh, data isn't always perfect, especially when you've only got one score at a game. The data's perfect this week because it's about Harry. But <laughs> his 98 did come against North Melbourne. Exactly, as yeah. I just mentioned. Uh, look, and there's nothing better than having someone in the last game of the round just roll the dice. But you want to bag him. But last week or whatever, when they played St. Kilda, uh, had a quiet game until the last quarter. Oh, he really lifted then. Yeah. He had 12 contested touches from his 18. That's a huge effort. Four clearances. 37% owned. He's building. Get around the young kid. Didn't realize you just you get extra points for contested touches as opposed to just normal touches. But oh, yeah. anyway. The fun thing is all these three are all in the same game. Really? We can have a real head-to-head battle this week. Oh, yeah. That is a good fun, actually. Um, my waiver wire. wire pickup for the week. Uh, under We usually go under 65% owned. This guy's only 40% owned as of last night, but uh, that's Matthew Kennedy. So, we talked about it earlier. He's back in the guts. Got 110 on the weekend. This is a forward. Um, put up some handy BCV scores as well before getting injured last year. Um, if he can secure a spot on the side, he's going to be handy forward. I reckon he's one that's worth the punt right now. So. Don't hate it. Uh, I'm going to back in Brett Buley. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when he uh, had his first game back before the bye, had 73 there against the Suns. Um, all the kind of stuff I read about him, I really feel that John, uh, Justin Longmuir really loves him. So, um, Frio seemed to be on the improve a bit. He's a natural wingman. Collingwood can give up points to their playing this week. Only 33% owned and has the centre forward DPP. So, could be handy enough coming into your finals and uh, has shown a bit previously, especially in the um, in the waffle. All right. If you want to get more projections or waiver wire picks and state league fantasy scores, uh, make sure you get up uh, involved as a member and you'll get access to all of those scores. You get, you know, every fantasy score for every state league player, every mm-hmm. projection for every player and all the waiver wire podcast episodes as well to listen to each week. So if you're keen for more, jump on those. Uh, before we get stuck into the listener questions, we'll do read out the Apple review. And uh, please keep this coming in. We're actually at the last one now, so we need some more. We might do a few tweets, uh, a bit of a drive on Twitter New to ones. get a few yeah. 
yeah. new ones in. But, uh, yeah, they help us climb the charts. So, please get them in. Um, this one comes from T Webster 2 and it says, Don't diss dart throwing. <laughs> um, love listening to the boys throw darts each week. And anyone who pretends this isn't the optimal fantasy strategy hasn't been playing the game long enough. Their weekly podcast is my Tuesday morning gym jam and inspiration for churning up the waiver wire daily. Uh, keep it up, fellas, and down with the claws, which we have now found out that's Churdo's team, who uh-huh. is our uh, Zambrero hookup as well. So, another one of his mates. So, um, yeah, look, dart throwing, if you're kidding yourself, you don't do a fair bit of dart throwing. Like, a lot of the guys who come on, like Aaron Hall, for example, mm-hmm. whoever picked him up in our draft, that was a dart throw. And yep. it's turned out to be pretty bloody good. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Anyways, let's get stuck in to the listener questions. All right, guys, let's get through these. Uh, we r- rambled on for a round that only has five games, but we're still going to push it on. Yeah, we quality just can't content. help ourselves, can we? we need, it's the only time of the week we really see each other these days, so mm-hmm. we need to catch up and have a chat. Uh, anyway, let's get stuck in. So, um, at TTQ03, who is next in line at the Kangaroos to replace Goldie, and do you think they'll be fantasy relevant? I don't think it's a kangaroo. I think they're going to trade someone in. They're going to have to. Like, you know who who's is it? Tom Campbell, who's there? And they got Tom Campbell, and they drafted uh, Tristan Cherry and um, oh, Charlie. Youngster, oh, Charlie Coman. Charlie Coman, Coman, yep. who are just kind of being used as key forwards for him now, mm-hmm. anyway. And then they drafted Jake Edwards, but yeah, he's so he's raw. a long time away. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they get a bit aggressive. And I don't know if they're going to trade Goldie. It would be tough, but uh, they got to get someone in. And I think there's enough good Ruckman around. Whether it's um, uh, what's his name, Sammy Hayes from Port, whether it's Kieran Briggs, who was a Ruckman, but now GWS are paying them, playing him forward and back because they've got enough stocks. You know, Port have enough stocks. Bailey Williams is handy enough in, in West Coast. They've got some stocks over there. And we see Mabiar Chol. Sorry, I've really butchered that. But uh, he's a chance to leave Richmond too just because of their, their glut of big men too. So I think there's a few gettable ones to the ruse um, who are probably at the stage – you know, a few years ahead of someone like Edwards, who looks the a likely type. So you reckon they'll trade one him? I reckon none of them, none of the, none of the above, none of the above. All right, uh, Nathan Ayres, who's tweeted us before how to pronounce his name correctly. Nathan Ayres asks, "What to do with Blakey? Who's Blakey? Uh, Is he a keeper s- for you? Oh, Sydney." Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant who's Blakey. I was like, <laughs> you mean Blakely? No, Blakey. Uh, no, yeah, no, chuck him in the bin. He's gross. You've gone off him. Absolutely, I have. What, well, what's what's to get on board about? I don't know. It's been a rough year for yeah. for Nick. It's like even that wing role. Like, like the reason why we all picked him up is because he was training in the midfield. He was going to play on the wing. Look good in the he preseason. Looked good in the midfield. He, re- he was one of the genuine like yeah yeah. And he just didn't do year. it at AFL level, so no. he can fuck off anyway. Wow, that's harsh. <laughs> really harsh. Uh, Jordan Grigurki asks, I'm looking at picking up Jared Berry from the waivers. Uh, we'll need to drop either Jack Martin, Newman, Tui, Perryman, Lobb, or Tucker. Uh, he's in an eight-team with that's eight-team league with twelve keepers. Mm-hmm. So let's go with that one first. So um, if he wants to pick up Jared Berry, who should he drop out of Jack Martin, Newman, Tui, Perriman, Lob, or Tucker? Um, if you're really trying to build a young list, I'd drop Zach Tui purely because of the age. Yeah. But uh, consistency up and down, and I'm not 100 sold on his new halfback where I was Darcy Tucker. So either of those two, I think, would be uh, cuts for me. Tucker is probably the obvious one for me, but I just don't rate Jack Martin. 
as well. But I think you're still going to keep him just because he goes like 80 plus around the 80 mark yeah. most years. The as good a thing forward. is that Jack Martin always is going to be a forward, I reckon, that's which the is thing. always handy. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing that makes me kind of not mind him as much, but he still annoys me because because he was hyped up so much when he was drafted. He was. Um, second question: uh, Would you jump early and grab Fiorini the goat as well? And then if you do, who gets listed from the above? Uh, Fiorini is not the goat. <laughs> to some he is. Yeah, like they're brainwashed. Uh, no, yeah, from a few songs I think that came One out. video <laughs> and he's the goat. Come on. Give oh, me he was a break. mentioned as a goat in a couple of videos, I think, actually. Give me a break. But anyway, um, I wouldn't jump on right now just because I'm not satisfied that he's definitely going to be in and you're going to be giving up one of those players for somebody who's very likely to be a donut. He's going to be a weird one because, like, say he gets drafted, uh, traded or delisted and picked up or something, like, he could be a genuine, like, bargain buy or get he just but doesn't, at the same time he might get delisted and not picked up again like, he just doesn't impact games enough I don't think like huge accumulator but I don't know if there's that much appetite for him there on the trade market as well um, yeah look I, I'll, I'd wait and see someone else is obviously going to snap him up if you don't grab him but I'd be happy to keep the players that you got over getting him I reckon agreed uh, Matthew Wright was Luke McDonald just a slow return to footy or has he lost his role of last year to Zebo and Hall um, and if he's lost it when will he get it back or will R- he get it back role's gone Matty and it's discussed before he's on the wing Noble wants him on the wing yeah. and uh, yeah unfortunately Aaron Hall and Jack Zebler sliding it up back line stole his role that mm. he was supposed to have shouldn't have got injured anyway uh, Joshua Little, um, what does he ask, Case? Uh, was Sean Higgins round 9, 10, and 11 a fluke, or will he get back to that kind of scoring? I wouldn't call it a fluke, but it was just, it happened, coincided with Duncan, Guthrie, and Dangerfield all being out during that period. So mm-hmm. I'd still watch him, though, because uh, Duncan's out, but doesn't really play the same. Duncan's a bit more outside, isn't he? And yeah, oh, can, can, can kind of go in there. Like all round now. Can He's go in there. Gun. Yeah. Well, okay. What? Well, yeah. Watch and see. See what happens with um with Duncan out. But I wouldn't be like he was the sub last week, and I guess they said he was managed. But yep. he's probably going to get managed throughout the back half of the season as well, which would be pretty disappointing for you too. Correct. Um, yeah, not a fluke, but it was just circumstantial. The circumstances could change again. Mm-hmm. So watch with interest, but don't get super excited. That's all. Uh, Simon Moore asks, uh, with Duncan missing, are we finally going to see a time on ground bump for Narkle? 50 points from 50% time on ground. Bloody hope so, Simo. Uh, my way the wire pickup of the week. And yeah, I think he just needs the opportunity to actually spend more than half a game on the bench. But the, if he uh, does, he's going to be gassed, so he probably won't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. he's just unlucky. Maybe he's just really unlucky. I think if they like they could play him more, they would. I just think that's what's happening. He could win you a game like off his own boot. Yeah, I don't know. Um, at Kang Daddy asks, does Impy keep the high scores up with Day and Scrimshaw all playing uh, again? Or should I try to sell him off as I'm chasing a flag? Even with the high average, I don't see myself getting much for him. Thanks, champions. Uh, he's going to keep scoring. He is really, really good. And he'd be one of the ones I'd be keeping for sure. Like, Day looks a touch underdone. but oh, Day's building. He's his- building. Yeah, like, he's he's underdone at the moment. He's only going to get yeah, better. Next week. Scrimshaw. He, next week, he's going to be done. He's going to be overdone. He's going to be he's going to cooked well perfection. done. Al dente. Well done. Yeah, Al dente. <laughs> something like that. Uh, but look, to be honest, man, watching the weekend, Jarman Impey has a genuine thirst. He uh, wants those little chip kicks sideways. He's a bit of a plus six king. Yeah, I think as well in keeper leagues, a lot of the time, especially if you're contending, you got to stop thinking about 
the overall season average. And I know he does have a good average at the moment, but it's more the potential to be able to go big as well. And he does have that. He showed that on the weekend. So yep. you'd love it if he did that in the grand final. So yeah. And if you think you're not going to get what he's, you know, you're asking for him because of, you then know. Don't. Then don't. Then don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Just back yourself in, I reckon. At Blackson, if he's not sub, is Fiorini a captain option this week against a VFL standard side? No. That's not a serious question, is it? Oh, it's a question on the, on the Twitter sphere. Yeah. Who are they playing this week? <laughs> North. Yeah, that's a fair shout. Uh, next question, also from Blackson. Is Taran Thomas 2G for P given his last month? No respectable keeper coach would give him up. Doesn't fit the criteria yet. What do you think? Uh, look, if you like safe 80 average forwards, he's a great, he's a great player. But uh, I kind of – I like Taran Thomas to watch him like, like, you know, I like what he does in the football field. I'm just worried that – Long term, he doesn't have a massive ceiling. But at the same time, like there's nothing wrong with having a, a forward who you can just bank at like 80 points a week. Would you um, going back to that trade? This is with, uh, with who the trades with. Yeah. Would you trade Isaac Smith for Taron Thomas? So yeah. if you're guaranteed, if you're in a flag window, yeah. like this guy is. Yes. If I was going to give you a oh, 90, 91 average. So you didn't average. want Taron Thomas. No, no. I've actually no, no. I have not actually asked. Well, I have asked for this trade. And he said no. Uh, he doesn't want to give up Tyron. No. Nah, well, it was, it was an elaborate trade, but it was one of the things. But he said it's his favourite player and he can't give him up. So His favourite player? Yeah. Boy, boy, wow, we. I think that's a lie. But uh, he just uses that when he wants to squeeze more out of a trade, He's I the think. devil. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to trade with him anyway. Uh, at Kang Daddy, uh, Caldwell from the Bombers. Does he hold four status uh, another year with such little playing time this season? What's his trade value at the moment? And uh, with Parrish taking a step along with others, do you see Caldwell having a future in the mid? Keep up the great work. Stallions. We're in champions and stallions tonight. Jeez. How good. How complimentary are our listeners? The nicest bunch of people. Fantastically nice people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, good question, Kang Daddy. Um to be honest, I wouldn't change a thing about our midfield at the minute. I think that stringer role that he's playing is really, really nice and potentially one that would work with Coldwell for. Like if, um, yes, I know he's that inside mid and that kind of thing, but look, you could almost go, right, Jake, take the center bounces, Joey, start on the half forward flank, swap over, go from there. Um, and I think he's safe. Like they, they brought him in this year for a reason. I reckon the guy who's on the outer by, you know, purely because of injury and potentially that, you know, Parrish and these kind of guys have gone past him is Dylan Shield. I wouldn't mind us trading him for someone, to be honest with you. He's tied up in a pretty hefty contract though, isn't he? I assume so. Yeah, I think like he's got a few years to run on that because he was, it was pretty like long term. It's not like I don't like Dylan Shield. I'm just thinking like what Darcy Parrish has done this year, I think kind of superseded what anyone thought. Um, and then you throw in guys like Caldwell and Stringer's playing a great role. Does he keep his forward status? I, I don't know. Like Caldwell uh, in the first round had a bit of a run up forward, but... You know, it goes by starting positions, which he was starting for, but then moving into the it does. Sorry, it goes by starting positions and how much they spend uh, in the forward line. He was starting forward a bit, but he was kind of running through the midfield quite a bit as well. So um, I know first game he was up forward a little bit more than he was in the second game before he got injured. But it's hard because he hasn't really played enough footy. But he was training all year as a midfield, uh, all preseason as a midfielder. Played mm. a fair bit of midfield time. I reckon he might just lose it, which is so annoying for people who held him this year. But anyway, he's going to be good no matter what, so it's fine. All right, I just don't know if he's going to be like a hundred plus average scorer. That's all. He's pretty handy. Yeah, it'll be good. Jury's out. We we really don't. He'll know definitely be yet. a keeper each year. We don't know enough yet. Yeah. Um, at Trav zero one four asks, okay, K's, you have to choose one. To keep mm. Luke Jackson or Nick Cox. Oh. It's like choosing between children, your cats. You can't choose. I can't choose between my cats. <laughs> I can. Uh, Lola's heaps better than Max. But, All right, um, then your cat and your dog. Your good cat and your dog. Uh, 
between Lola and Shani. <laughs> mm, tough. Anyway, oh, if it's from if it's from a fantasy perspective, I think I would be keeping Luke Jackson. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Just purely because I know what Luke Jackson's future role is going to be, and I know it's going to be fantasy friendly. Mm. Nick Cox, I don't know where he's going to play. I would love to see him on the wing for the rest of his life. I just, I just think he might be underutilized on a wing. That's all. He's too. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's high. Yeah. yeah, and then if you throw in the mix, uh, AFL stats may ask, what about if you throw Ben Keys out of Ben Keys, Luke Jackson, Nick Cox? Surely that's Ben Keys. Oh, it's not even a question. Yeah, it's not even close. Not even a question. All right, good. Anyways, that's a Zambrero wrap. So thanks for the questions this week. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast in its entirety as well. And uh, yeah, make sure you get us around us on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Keeper League Pod. Drink remedy, eat Zambreros, and also listen to the Pod Pod. Yeah, if you want to. Anything else to add, guys? Uh, no, have a great weekend. Footy's back as it is normal, so good luck for your uh, teams. You had the three weeks off relaxing bites. Yep. It's uh, back to it, and uh, good luck for the you know last little run home. Back the Hoof is in for a win this week at their fourth of the year. I'm going to do it. I can feel Our it. Our trade deadline coming. ends on Sunday too. It's a oh, big shit. week. Well, if you, want to, uh, if you want to ensure this other guy doesn't win the, f- uh, win the flag with the trades I give <laughs> him, make sure you uh, get in and get Isaac Smith off me. i give you Tom me. Papley for Isaac Smith. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, see you later.